Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. Uh, we are so excited to, to have you guys here. Hold on one second. I'm going to hand this mic to Fawn. We're going to kind of tag team a little bit this morning. So today's going to be a little bit different for those of you that are visiting with us for the first time. Um, we're going to share some of the backstory of Authentic Church, um, some of the war stories, the scars that we got, right? Uh, and, uh, and then we're also going to share about some things that God's got planned for the future. Here you go. Hi, y'all. I'm Fawn. If I haven't met you, I'm this guy's wife and I'm also one of the lead pastors here at Authentic, and it's been such a joy to get to know all of you. And if I haven't gotten to know you, I would love to get to know you. So don't be shy. Come and say hi after after uh, the service is done. We're going to have refreshing smoothies out there, like Nicole said, um, that we have a team right now um, mixing them up, and it's going to be delicious. So. so I can remember it like it was yesterday. I went in and told my wife that I felt like I heard from the Lord. And I was really cautious. you got to be cautious when you say something like that, right? Especially to your wife, especially if she's, she knows you. She knows you, right? Fawn knows me really well, right? So there's the voice of the Holy Spirit. Sounds a lot like this woman right here, okay? And for you men, the voice of the Holy Spirit sounds like your wife as well. You know, right? he's the head of the house, <laughs> but I'm the neck. She's the, she's, so she's the, the neck. Getting... She's definitely... And she's been turning my head for almost 20 years, baby. It was, uh, it was January of 2019, and we started that year out, uh, like most years, uh, we start the year out with usually prayer and fasting um, after the, the ball drops and after we have a good New Year's dinner. It's usually like, you know, January 2nd or 3rd, we start the fast. But So we had started in, in this particular January, I was feeling pretty frustrated. Uh, I was working in business, had a great company. My wife and I had been pastoring for a number of years, but uh, we did a lot in marketplace ministry. And uh, so I got a business and it's growing and it's doing great. But there was something inside of me that just kind of this pull that felt like this is good, but this isn't necessarily what God has called me to. And uh, it's providing, it's awesome. I'm grateful, I'm thankful, but I felt like there was a nudge from the Holy Spirit that there was something more. And it's one of those times where, you know, you, you just can't get away. Like, he wouldn't leave me alone about it. And so I went into this fast going, Lord, I need to hear from you. Because either I'm going to go all in and blow the roof off of this business that was, like, being supernaturally blessed uh, in Texas. Or I'm going to answer the call and go into ministry and plant a church. Like, that was always in my heart to do. Uh, years ago, there was a young man that started a church. And on their five-year anniversary uh, somebody sent me a bootleg copy of a service like this, and it, it shared, he shared a little bit of the heart and the backstory. And when I watched it, I'm like, that's me. And uh, that young man was Stephen Furtick, who planted a great church called Elevation Church, if any of you are familiar. And, uh, and I remember feeling so inspired, and I would always go to Fawn, like, don't you feel called to ministry like our pastors thought we were called to ministry and everything else? And it just wasn't time, and we didn't feel like it was time, nope. so we were working in business. I didn't feel called to the ministry. No, I, I felt called to love people and, and to live out, to be obedient to what God was calling on me, but I didn't feel to plant this magnificent church. <laughs> and we're talking, we've been married close to 20 years now. This will, in April, will be our 20th year, and... And, I mean, from day one, 
he had this in his heart. So, yeah, do the math. So yeah. fast forward. So 2019, in the middle of the fast, feeling frustrated. God, I want you to speak to me. Have all these questions. He doesn't give me any answers. All he does is just show up and show me more of his character and his love. And sometimes God's like that, right? You're like, God, I need you to do this. Like, I don't know if you got the memo for today's meeting, God. <laughs> but if you could take care of these things, life would be amazing, right? And he says, no, I just want to spend time with you. And so I start out this fast, literally go for a few weeks. And it was January 23rd. It was about 1030 at night. I'm sitting in front of my fireplace in Texas. Yes, we're the only people that moved to California from Texas. <laughs> I think in the entire state. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I wasn't at that time asking for a word. It's kind of like God got me to calm down on all the things, all the questions. And I was experiencing him for a good number of days. And then he began to speak. And he, he spoke so strongly to me. And I wrote as fast as I could, and I don't say this lightly. And he said that there was a season that was coming upon the church, not authentic, the, the big church, the big C, the global church, that would be forever known as the great harvest. And when the Lord said that to me, it was like he put it in quotes. Like for some of you that are familiar with church history, you're familiar with movements like the great awakening, right? Um, I, I felt like it was, it was that, that level of importance, and he said that there's a season that will be forever known as the great harvest. And he said no longer would revival and resources come from the Midwest out. I was living in Texas. But it will come from the coastal regions in. And in my mind, just like kind of picture in picture, I just saw these waves crashing into the shore. And I knew immediately God was speaking to us about somewhere in California. We, we've always loved California. And, uh, and so I'm, 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 I'm leaning into that. And he said that he's establishing beachheads along the coastal regions. Would you take up a beachhead? And he made, gave that question, that invitation to, to us. Will you take up a beachhead? And, and I kind of knew what beachheads were. Anybody seen a World War II movie, right? You know what beachheads are, kind of. But then I went and looked it up like, what's the real true definition of a beachhead? And it's a, it's a strategic place once occupied by the enemy that has been taken from which future advances and assaults can be launched from. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> like a good husband, I went and asked my wife, hey, what do you think about this, right? By the way, it's always good to get people's feedback in your life. The rogue guy that's like, God told me, and then they burn out, and they lose their wife, and they lose their family. I don't want to be that guy. And so I always check in with my wife, as well as different men of God that the Lord's placed in my life for wise counsel. Powerful leadership lesson there, okay? They're not in your life to control you. They're in your life to help guide and correct you, okay, and protect you. So I, we bring it up to our pastors and leaders and some elders at the church we were at. And, and the Lord had already spoke to my heart, and he's already impressed on my heart that we will be moving forward and we will be doing uh, the work of the ministry, uh, whatever that entailed in, in California. And so um, God, God will always confirm. He will always confirm. So um, he was praying that I would hear. And, and she heard. And I heard. Finally. So she heard, and so we reached out to our leadership in, in every, every single one of them, different areas of the country, different ministry connections. They all said, it's time. 
yep, this is God. I feel like this is so God, no check in my spirit. And you're almost, at that point, I'm like, now this is getting real. Like, wow, we're really going to do this. We're going to walk away from this million-dollar business and all this kind of stuff, right? And so, um, so, so we go after it, and uh, I say, okay, what do we need to do? And so pastors in our lives said, we'd like you to do X, Y, Z. And so we started the process and, and some church planting. There's some great organizations out there that we were able to glean some wisdom from. And during that time, man, I can't even tell you what it was like going to work the next day. When you have purpose attached to what you do every day, what you do every day is going to take on a whole new light. Suddenly my business wasn't this thing that was like holding me back from what I was called to do. It was actually going to help fund and launch what I was called to do. And I'm not kidding you, that week, or that, excuse me, that month, I started going out there, and in our business, it's construction. We own a construction company back in Texas, and um, and I literally signed a, a deal in the profit, the just the profit alone on this project, paid for our first year living expenses when we moved to California. So that was just like God giving me the wink, like, hey, where I guide, I provide. I'm gonna I'm gonna provide for you, and I'm providing for this church plant. And so we started the process, and uh, and then in December of 2019. We ended up moving out here with all of our earthly belongings. I laughed with somebody the other day. We were talking about moving expenses. And when we moved, we, we previously were living and pastoring up in Ventura, California. Uh, what's up, City Church? And so we're pastoring up there. And, uh, and, and when we moved to Texas, it was like seven or $8,000 for to move all of our stuff, right? I kid you not, to move it back, it was less than $500, okay? It was kind of like they're like, Hey, we'll pay you if you can just bring this back to California so that, you know, we can move more people. It's like a repositioning cruise, you know, if anybody been ever one of those. And so, so in, you know, December 2019, we show up just in time for the pandemic and everything gets shut down. And, uh, and so we just had started meeting people. And, and then suddenly, you know, everybody's afraid to meet. Nobody, nobody knows what's going on in the world. We're all kind of like freaking out. I mean, it, it was just like a year and a half ago, but it feels like it was a decade ago, doesn't it? You know, it was like dog years, you know. And, uh, and so, uh, but during that time, the Lord taught me a powerful lesson that ministry begins in the home. And if you don't get this right, and if you can't minister to your kids, you have no business being in a pulpit ministering to others. And our family grew closer during that time. It was really sweet. We started having some worship and prayer times. And, uh, and we were kind of wondering, Lord, what are you doing? Here we are. We've walked away from everything that we knew to come here. What are we doing? And better yet, what are you doing? So we can partner with you. And then it was July 1st, the decree came down from our governor, and uh, he, July 1st of 2020, and he said, there will be no singing in churches anymore, and uh, no joke, that came down, some of you remember, and so there was no singing that could be had in churches. So us, as a new people, we were trying to just meet some different people, and we had some friends, and they said, hey, we're just going to get together and go down to the beach and worship for a while, do you guys want to go? We said, we're all in for that. Well, it was us, them, and a few other people, and then it was a few hundred, and then it was literally a few thousand people, and I think we have a picture of it, and people started just coming to the beaches, and so it was literally, the church has left the building, it became more than just a cute catchphrase, the church literally left the building, and so all these people started coming down, this is out in front of Tower 20 in Huntington Beach, and so all these people started coming down to the beach, and we would literally rock up and we would have worship going and everybody would start singing and worshiping. It would draw a crowd. Somebody would get up and share their testimony and share the gospel, literally like 10 minutes or less, and people would, there would be a call to salvation and people would get saved. 
there'd be, I mean, the, the, the key question we'd always ask is, are you really living? Are you really living? Is the life you're living, is this really what you feel like you were created to do, what you were created for? Don't you feel like there's something more? And people would say, yeah, I do feel like something more. We'd say, yeah, it's Jesus, and we'd lead them in salvation. And then we'd say, hey, awesome. Jesus never called you to pray a prayer and become a convert to Christianity. He actually called you to repent and to be baptized. And so that's what ended up happening in the coolest baptismal tank of all time, the Pacific Ocean. And during that time, God started forming his church, and he taught us that when you lead with the gospel, churches will need to be planted. If you just plant a church to plant a church, you're going to be trying to find people and purpose and everything. When you lead with the gospel, the Lord builds his church. And so we started seeing people get saved and baptized. It was radical. Some of them got involved in the church and are here today, like my man Zach, uh, who I baptized one Friday night down at the beach, and then he came over to our house on a Wednesday night. And I'm like, hey, you're a brand new believer. I'm a new pastor. Open the Bible. He's like, what's the Bible? I'm like, I can't spell church. So let's, we're a good match made in heaven, bro. <laughs> One time I said, let's turn to the book of Luke. And somebody was like, uh, pastor, all I got was this Bible thing. Was there a separate book that I needed to get for tonight? No joke. And so, and I love that, right? And so we started meeting in our house on Wednesday nights. And the house uh, got kind of packed pretty quickly, as y'all told some of your friends. And, uh, and so then our house started getting packed with 20, 30, 40 people. The kids and loved it because we, you know, we have five kids, four that live at home right now still. And so we would open our, our doors and people that were hungry for relationship, hungry to connect during this, the isolation period, people that wanted to worship God together in spirit and in truth would flood in the house. And so the, the kids were like, this is the best. This is like a party every single night we're having um, at our home. And, um, but the truth was that people were hungry yeah. for, for community, hungry for worshiping God and, and feeling connected with the Father. Um, and so there was a lot of brokenness. But in that brokenness, there's so much beauty to be had. And God came in and he brought so much healing, so much deliverance, so much unity, right? So we're looking yeah. back right now. Jeff's, you know, to cut in, he's looking, he's sharing some of the stories of us coming up to the now moment. And it's so important to reflect. It's so important to reflect on how God has led each one of us on this journey called life. And so here we are at our home meeting, worshiping God, and then... And, did I, I, I mean, I had hope in my heart that we would be able to meet on a larger scale. And it's not just about the numbers, but the room, right? We needed more yeah. space. I had hoped for that. Um, and now look at what God has done. And he is still doing. He's the one building his church. You know, because before the house, I, I would go to a grocery store thinking, well, I mean, we don't know anybody. And God, you called us to, to, be a, to, to link arms with you as you build your church. I want to be a good steward. I'm going to just meet this person and invite them over to my house for a meal, you know, and, and it started from there. So it's neat to reflect in um, how God has been faithful along the way. He's always faithful during the trials, during the hard times. We need to look back because that, that grows our faith, right? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just there's, there's an endurance yeah. that is built up within us. Paul talks about that even in the book of Romans, that we can reflect back, see, be encouraged by the scriptures, see the endurance, and then that builds our faith. And as one, 
and, uni- and unity can move forward in hope with what he's doing with the so, church. So we're having, just to give you pictures, so again, the world's still kind of up in the air. Uh-huh. People are working from home. Streets are empty, which I actually kind of like that no traffic thing. Uh, I, that's the one thing, the one good takeaway, right? It's time with your family and no traffic, you know. And so on Wednesday nights, people are showing up and and, uh, and we were just gathering and people would invite friends. And, and through that time, that's when we met uh, people like Kara, uh, who came, who was singing this morning. Wasn't it so beautiful this morning, the worship? Yeah. And Kara came and, and, uh, and she would get healed um, of a thyroid issue that she had been battling uh, she was healed of that. We prayed over her one night. She got healed of that. And then also allergies. We prayed for allergies to go, and she was miraculously healed from allergies. And so the miracles just kind of started to flourish, you know. And uh, so these people are coming to our house. We're having Bible study, and we're meeting different people that had come to our house, um, including even now, like our kids director and our executive admin for the church. Many of you met Lacey. Uh, Lacey came to our house one night. It's just like, who are these people? What are they all about? She got an invitation and came. And Min and Hannah, uh, Hannah was playing the keyboard this morning. Uh, they came to our house and and they were going to a uh, a beautiful Korean church up in Los Angeles. But they were really feeling like, man, we want to find a church that is an English-speaking church so that we can bring our English-speaking co-workers and bring them to church so that they would find hope in Christ. And so they specifically looked for us. Right? That that just, it convicts me, actually. How can we get out of our comfort zone to to do what God has called us to do? How beautiful you, your hearts are beautiful. Min and Hannah. Manna, we love you. And then uh, during that time, our house uh, felt more crowded than ever. Kids' ministries exploding in my front living room. We have worship going on in the back room. Bathrooms all over the house are getting used, you know. Uh, Jason and Nicole had actually moved uh, from uh, misery, uh, Missouri, uh, excuse me, um, from misery. And they had moved, and while they were transitioning, they actually lived with us uh, for a few months. So they have four, we got six, so it was a party of ten every night, every day at our house. No escaping the Peterson clan. It. it was so fun. No escaping Buddy, our dog, right? They loved it. I'm like, you can have him. You can adopt him. That's great. <laughs> and it's just kind of like hilarious looking back. It's like, man, did this really happen? Yes, it happened. And so I'm talking to my pastor, a um, guy by the name of Dave Patterson. Pastor Dave pastors an incredible church um, up in Northern California. And I'm, he, him and his wife, they flew Fawn and I up there and, and took care of us for a few days and wanted to know what's happening and where we're at. And, and uh, he said, man, it, goes, it sounds like church is launched. And I said, well, nobody will lease us a space. We can't. He goes, dude, you got a house? You got a beach? You got a park? I mean, dude, you're, you, like, you guys are breaking the mold. Like, like throw out. Like, you know, COVID just literally, like, took all my awesome plans. And I'm a, I'm a visionary guy that likes to, like, draw out, like, the five-year plan, take a match to it, it's gone. Like, everything that you learned from, like, church planters and how to plant a successful church, it's like, toast, just throw gasoline on it, kaboom, it's gone, right? He's like, dude, you guys are breaking the mold. Just, just, just go do what you're doing. And so I said, okay. And he's like, find a park or something. So I'm like, yes, pastor. So, uh, so we go and we look for a park and we literally found a, a cross from where we're sitting today across the Orange County Fairgrounds as the crow flies, not even a mile, is a park called Tewinkle Park. 
And, uh, and so we went, and at Teewinkle Park, there's this little kind of mini rock amphitheater and a playground called Angel's Playground, and that is where we rocked up on a Sunday morning, our first Sunday, one year ago today. That's where we were at. And we were, we, we were at the park for uh, six weeks, actually the first Sunday that we launched. And, and again, the world was crazy. There was a lot going on. Um, there was actually a big uh, BLM protest that broke out in the parking lot while we're there setting up. And uh, they were cool. And uh, so, so they take off one way and we're there and all of a sudden the cops come up and take care of them and, and shut them down. And then six weeks later, the cops shut us down. <laughs> <laughs> they said, uh, hey, uh, you guys can't continue to meet here. I'm like, it's outside. They're like, yeah, it's too many people. I said, it's multiple families, though. <laughs> you know. And they're like, yeah, they're too close together. I said, hey, we'll space them out. Everybody, they would like us to be spaced out. So everybody spaced out on the lawn, and they had chairs and umbrellas because the sun was just, just scorching hot. And, uh, and so everybody's, and we, and then they said, no, enough is enough. So the last Sunday they said, if you show up again, uh, you're going to be doing prison ministry from the inside, son. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm a bit of a fighter. <laughs> Got a lot, high level of aggression sometimes. And, uh, I'm kind of like David. I'm like, go get me my sword, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but the Holy Spirit's like, chill out, tone down the moxie. My wife's like. Honey, let's, why don't we pray about this? And I'm like, you know, I'm like the, the little bulldog on the chain. Like, I'm just like, let me run. But God provided. But God provided. God provided. <laughs> I, I had a great meeting with the chief of police. He was a great guy. He's since retired because he was just done with the craziness as well. Um, I don't know if my meeting led to his retirement, but <laughs> <laughs> chief glass, we love you. <laughs> so then we moved and, and the Lord opened up a door uh, for us to meet inside a hotel. And that was only one week after. So we we're on a Sunday morning being told, you're done in the park, which made no sense to us. Um, and we said, all right, Lord, you're faithful. You led us here. You're going to lead us to the next place. So we started praying. And within a few days, we found out that there was an opportunity to meet in the Hilton Hotel. Voila. That Sunday was the first Sunday that it poured rain outside. Poured down so rain. it was just pouring while we were in the covered area so and we we actually took it as wow not only are we blessed because we're not drenched right now in the park but what a blessing when the rain falls it's so symbolic of God's yeah. blessing so we um yeah we couldn't be more excited so our team you know our team and yeah there we go there's the team <laughs> you know we gathered all of our uh, picnic uh blankets and our chairs from the park and we had nice little chairs in the hotel and the transition was beautiful. Look at all those faces. So, so many memories here. You know, church is about the lives, the relationships. So I'm just so blessed by this picture. And we would have, we'd have so many people at the hotel. So we'd be having service. And the hotel, as they got busier, they kind of moved us around because they hooked us up with a great rate. Praise God. And, but they were kind of moving us around in the period of leasing with them. And, um, but we, we would have people all the time that were guests of the hotel that would just like wander into our service and be like, what is this? What's this music? You know, there's people gathered. That was like, you know, uh, something that was really unique at that time. It was October of 2020, right? And so there's people, and people literally come in and get saved during our church service that were just a guest at the hotel. Like it was nuts. 
and that would happen time and time again. And um, and and then we would baptize them. Yeah, we would uh, baptize them in the hot tub. It was the. So we just it go right so upstairs. Nice. <laughs> Went upstairs, and we had multiple. I mean, I probably 30 plus um, baptisms, or, or probably a lot yeah. more than that, even. Um, that were right there at the hotel. And, but like Jeff said, we had a lot of people from all over the world that would come through and find their way where God's presence was. And they were prayed for, they were set free, um, healings, physical healings, um, healing for anxiety. That was a whopper. Was it was so heavy on people, and people were really uh, set free. God met them and healed their hearts and, and filled them up with his spirit. So... I would say, you know, my man Jason Edgman here in the front row, Jason and I, we baptized probably, I don't know, 20, maybe more people in the ocean in the summertime. The hot tub was kind of a nice, (laughs) it was a a nice change (laughs) to go to the hot tub, you know, but we're still grateful for the cool hot tub that we have here, the the horse trough. So we were there at the hotel (laughs) for seven whole months. And we traveled all over the hotel. There's so many banquet halls. And uh, most of you know what that was like. We're like, where's church going to be today? We know it's at the Hilton, but we're not sure which level. I mean, this is the largest Hilton hotel on the like West Coast. It's like a treasure Coast. hunt to get it to was church. A, it's like, where are they at today? You know? It was. It was special. <laughs> it was a special season. Um, but seven months, and that number is significant. That number seven uh, symbolized completion. And that was the time that the Lord opened the next door. Uh, for us to move into the to, lovely... To move here. Building. So we're we're towards the end of our seven months there. Um, our rent is increasing. It felt like by the millisecond there because they were like, hey, we don't have space for you and everybody's willing to pay a lot more money than you are. <laughs> and so, uh, so they were moving us around to every kind of nook and cranny of the hotel that they could. And and so I'm feeling frustrated. It's Mother's Day weekend. And my wife says, the best Mother's Day present you can give to me is to get out of the house. <laughs> so I, as an obedient husband, uh, I left the house. I went out, I, I went on a prayer retreat um, for a few days up into the mountains, up, up in uh, Lake Arrowhead area, and got away and just really sought God. Again, one of those moments where I go in with all these questions. I got my meeting agenda for the Lord, like we're going to get some stuff knocked out, baby. And it wasn't getting knocked out. He just wanted to spend time with me. And I come down, I kid you not, as I'm driving, I'm getting back into cell coverage, I get a message from a contact we had at Vanguard, and they said, hey, if you're still interested, we would love to have you at Needham Chapel, and they agreed to our lease terms, and so we're here, and it was such a blessing, the Lord miraculously provided. And our first Sunday, it was exactly seven months to the Sunday that we were out of the Hilton Hotel and walked into this place. I mean, you can't write that. You know, you can't script that. The Lord just orchestrated it. And our first Sunday here was Pentecost Sunday. And I would say the Holy Spirit has been moving ever since. And it's been awesome. Amen. Well, I'm going to jump into... I'm going to say goodbye to my wife for a second. She's going to sit down. I'm going to jump into... uh, I just want to share some things on our hearts uh, as it pertains to what is what are some things in the future look like for Authentic Church? We've given you a little bit of the backstory, given you some of the history, shared some of the war, war stories with you, some of the scars that we got. What, is, what does the future have for us as a church? And I, I just want to encourage you, you know, you, 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 you've made it. The fact that you're even here today, you, you're a walking miracle. And many of you sitting in this room, you barely made it through the last year. You literally 
are a walking miracle. God literally saved you. And your life has been radically transformed. And he's been doing miracles. And when we launched this church, uh, you know, it's not because of Jeff and Fawn. It's really because of the, the grace of God and the faithfulness of the people that call this place home. Uh, the crazies, like in uh, Hebrews 10.39, uh, Paul says, you know, or we believe it's Paul, uh, the writer of Hebrews is saying, hey, we're not of those that shrink back. No, no, no. We're of those that bow up. And you guys bowed up, you stood up, and we're still standing as a church. The church still is the greatest movement in history. The church is not perfect. The church has had its black eyes. The church has made some massive mistakes. The church has missed it. But Jesus has been faithful. Jesus said, I will build my church, right? In the book of Matthew, he says, Jesus said, I will build my church. It's his church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. The reason that the church is still around should show you that there is a God. The fact that this thing, this whole thing started with a guy and a group of 12 disciples that weren't even around him, that didn't even take him seriously when he says, guys, I'm going to go away, and they didn't understand it. They weren't even with him when he was there uh, at the cross. They didn't even realize when, when, he, when, he, when Resurrection Sunday came about, and they were like, is he really alive? And Jesus is like, I've been telling you this for the last three and a half years, right? He started with those ragtag group of guys. And we are continuation of that. Governors and governments, they're going to come and go. All right? Kings and kingdoms rise and fall. But the church of Jesus Christ stands the test of time. We're still standing. And for that, I think you guys should give yourself a clap. The fact that you're in the room today. So my my mission today is actually quite simple. It's Habakkuk 2. Um, we love this. The Lord answered, says, write the vision, just make it plain. Make it plain. NLT version says, so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Write the vision, make it plain, so that that runner can just carry that message to others. So I just want to share some things on our hearts as we look as a church. You know, we, are, we have a simple mission. Some of you have been around a little bit. You know this. Some of you that are new. Uh, our simple mission at Authentic Church is we have a mission to love God to love people, and to live authentic. We feel like when we do those three things well, that Jesus is so irresistible that he'll build this church. In fact, he never told us to build the church. That was one thing he said, I'll build the church. You guys just go do what I've called you to do. You guys go heal the sick, raise the dead, right? Cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You guys go make disciples. You guys go do this stuff. And and all you're doing, I'm going to go ahead and build what I want to build. And it's his church. And I wanted to build, my dream was to have a church that Jesus wanted to come to. My, my, My heart was to have a church where the vision of others could be fulfilled through this house. Our vision really is to help you achieve all that God has for you. And so we just want to share some things that's in our spirits for this next season as a church, and it real boils down to three key areas, and those are to equip and empower, build storm shelters, and live missional. So equip and empower, build storm shelters, live missional. What do I mean by that? Number one, equip and empower. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes by hearing... And hearing by the word of God. We want to be a people of faith. And no matter where anybody comes into authentic church on their journey, we want to see their faith grow. 
When your faith grows, your life changes. When you have more confidence in who you are, your life changes. That comes by faith. When you have confidence that you can know your salvation is secure, that comes through faith, right? And so we want to see your faith grow. How do we do that? Well, we do that a number of ways, obviously, on Sunday mornings, our corporate gatherings. And we love coming in and having a corporate encounter with God. But our goal is that it goes from a corporate encounter to daily encounters with God. So next week, we're going to start a new series that we've titled Frequency. And it's learning to hear the voice of God. That's one of the most asked questions that I get and that most pastors that I know get is how do I know, how do I hear the voice of God? And so we're going to unpack that in terms of what that looks like. Here's some practical things. Um, you know, hearing the voice of God, it's based on proximity and intentionality. And so we're going to unpack some of those things. When you position yourself to hear God, uh, you have this level of intimacy with God, and that's part of the relationship. And when you have close relationship with God, you begin to hear him like you never heard him before, right? That's why I can, I can spot one of my kids' voices above all the others because I have a relationship with him. My kids can hear my voice on a playground even though there's a ton of dads that are screaming and shouting uh, for their kids on a playground or on the sidelines. They know when dad shouted, well done, son, right? And so we, we're going to do that uh, starting next week frequency, how to hear the voice of God. And then we've also been doing these equip nights. How many of you took part in the equip nights that we did in the month of August? The equip nights. In the equip nights, our goal is really to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so the first equip nights was taught by Casey Tate. She's one of our overseers at Authentic Church. Uh, Casey uh, is a missionary in Israel due to the state of the world. She is uh, serving Israel as best she can from California. And so uh, we have tapped Casey because she's got more degrees than Fahrenheit. And so Casey has come, and, and she's literally serving it up on a platter. And we're going to have some more exciting things for our equip nights that's going to be going on. Really, it's world-class Bible teaching uh, that is so good. And, and Casey has a way of teaching. And, and anybody that would teach an equip night, really, the, the, the bar is, can you take this and make it applicable? And if I took your class, would I fall more in love with Jesus as a result of it? If the answer is yes, those are those are kind of some of the characteristics of the people that will teach. Uh, another thing that we want to do, that we're going to be doing, is an encounter retreat. Uh, it's great to do what we do and, and get together like this, uh, but, but there's something nice about just having two days where you can just put the blinders on, spend time with God, and relay a foundation. And so we're going to have an encounter retreat on November 5th and 6th. This is something that we're going to be doing more of as a church. Uh, we're looking at doing it probably three times a year. This will be the first. And uh, this is going to be a deep dive into all aspects of Christianity. A lot of people live their Christian life and 20 years goes by and they're still struggling with the same stuff that they struggled with when they first gave their life to Jesus because they, didn't, they thought they could just kind of fill in the cracks of a foundation. They didn't realize that Jesus wanted to actually take up and get rid of the whole foundation you had and lay a brand new one. And so that encounter retreat is going to be heavy emphasis on that. That's November the 5th and the 6th. And we'll share more details on some of that that's going to be coming up. The second thing uh, is we're going to build storm shelters. Somebody's like, what's a storm shelter? Uh, when my wife and I were living in Texas, in the nation of Texas, we were living there, uh, there would be tornadoes that would touch down. And uh, when that tornado touched down, you got to get out of your house and you got to get into that storm shelter as fast as possible. And we had to do that. Um, 
uh, one of uh, a, a gentleman that's become a close friend of mine uh, is here in this house today, and he's a he's a, a leadership and development coach to pastors, and his name's Darren Ball. He's over here. If you could just Darren. Darren did some leadership deep dive with us over the past couple days, but one of the things he tells me as, as a high-intensity kind of leadership, the way God's wired me, he says, Jeff, you need to come in like a hurricane, not a tornado. <laughs> but when we were living in Texas, these tornadoes would touch down, man, and you don't see where they're coming from. You just got to get to the storm shelter as fast as possible. And uh, a few uh, weeks ago, I'm praying and seeking the Lord on some things pertaining to this, and, and I saw uh, these little, like, fires lit um, in different areas of the, the region of Orange County, and I knew in my mind the fire, that represented a house, and, uh, and I heard the word storm shelter, and uh, storm shelter, and storm shelter would be basically homes, locations where people would open up their homes, their lives to others, and you know, when things hit the fan in your world, I'm not talking physically, I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually, job stuff, whatever, um, when things hit the fan, you need a place you can go. Uh, all of us need a pastor. If you don't have a pastor, I'd be honored to be that. I have a pastor, okay? We all need a pastor in our lives. But you need a storm shelter. You, got, you need people that you can do life with. We can do a lot here in the rows, but you do so much better when we're in a circle, all right? And so with us, our heartbeat is that we would have these connect groups and that we would have connect groups that would be happening all around the region where people would just open up the home. And the, the kind of the, the, the model that we're looking at for our connect groups that we're hoping to roll out here in the next few months would be kind of two-pronged. Some would be growth-driven. Maybe it's a Bible study. Maybe you're taking what we share on a Sunday morning and you're really dissecting and going deeper into the sermon and the text and everything else. Or, or it's a freedom group or whatever it is. That's like a growth type of a AC Connect group. And then there's community groups. A community group would just say, hey, I don't really uh, care to teach the Bible, but man, I, I would love to serve me up some good Italian lasagna, uh, like my friends Jan, Marie, and Bob, and they just say, I'll open my house, I'll, I'll come over and we'll feed you, you know, and we'll just sit around the table and hang out. Uh, that would be more community driven. So we're looking at launching uh, into that. And then the third area would be missional living. So the first area that I shared, equip and empower. The second area, we're going to build some storm shelters in the, in the months ahead. And then the third thing is we want to stay missional. Uh, this can't be a Christian country club. Uh, churches that I've seen, great movements, even movements that are here, and I don't mean any disrespect to any of them because there's beautiful things that the Lord has done. But when a movement dies is when it becomes all about the movement of what God did and the man that was leading it versus the person of Jesus and what he's still doing. And so we want to be a church that is really focused on Jesus. I don't want to have a church where it's like programs and man-made agendas. I, I, I want a church that's all about the presence of God and following after his heart. But there are some key things that they outlined for us in Scripture that we need to take hold of. And Jesus said in Matthew 28, he's talking to his disciples, it's known as the Great Commission. It's actually the second commission. The first one was back in Matthew 10. This is the second commission. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always 
to the very end of the age. It was a commission, but it wasn't a gentle request. They were asking for the job description. Now that Jesus is going away, what do we do? Jesus said, hey, I got good news for you. Hang out here in the city. I'm going to go away. The helper's going to come. You're going to like him. And the helper's going to come, and he's going to help you do all these things. Here are the things I want you to do. I want you to go. I want you to make disciples. I want you to teach. I want you to baptize. So all these things. And uh, it was sobering to me at different seasons of my life. Hopefully you cannot relate, but different seasons of my life where I look around, and I wasn't really pouring into anybody. I look around. I wasn't really discipling or really reaching out to anybody. I, I wasn't opening up my home or my heart or my house to anybody. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't discipling anybody. But those are some of the key things Jesus says for us to do. And what I found, one of the beautiful things of our church is there's so many of you that said, I'll open up my house. I'll invite my friends over, my coworkers over, and they'll come into my house, and then I'll bring them to church and see them get saved and baptized. Uh, I'll open up my house on a Friday night or a, a Sunday night for a college night and have a bunch of people over. I'll, I'll do that. And you guys have been so missional. I want to keep that going. Uh, church isn't a place I physically show up. It's a place I spiritually show up, right? And, and so we come together in, in a setting like this, but we carry it out in our, in our week. So one of the things that we are excited to do is, you remember the beach picture that I showed you early on? Uh, well, some of those pastors... Uh, like us, they're still standing, and they, they've got a group and, and a gathering that they've been seeing that's, that's gathered uh, on Sunday mornings as well. And we all had a meeting a few weeks ago, and we are coming together, and we're doing this thing called Hope California. And so we're going to be gathering together in, in October. I'm going to share a lot more details about it next week. But we are going to gather together, and we're going to basically, every church is going to kind of take a night or few, a few of them, and people can come whenever they're available, and we're going to see this area reach for the cause of Christ, and we're going to start with prayer. So next week, as we start that new series on frequency, tuning into the voice of God, we're going to really start with a heavy emphasis on prayer, and I'm so excited to teach you some great things about prayer that's going to help you out. Isaiah 6, 8 says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. My wife and I, back in Texas, we just said, Lord, whatever you want to do, I want to be all in. I don't want to just live my life and get to the end of my life and look back and be like, man, it was so plain in scriptures, Jesus, what you told me to do, I didn't do it. And so for us, we're really, really passionate about allowing the Holy Spirit to lead this church into the next season. We celebrate all that he's done and the wins and the awesome things and the people that are being saved and baptized. And I, just, I was just wondering, if your life has been changed in any way, for some of you that have been in an authentic church, could you just raise your hand? If your life's been changed in any way, praise God, praise God. It's awesome. It's awesome. You've helped to change my life. You've helped to bless my kids. Uh, and, and I'm so grateful that you're part of this family and part of this house. Uh, we have a small card that's there uh, that, that shares a little bit of the scripture that God gave us as we started this year. And it's out of Psalms chapter 66. And I'm going to read the, full, the, the first five verses 
but the fifth verse really stands out to us. Psalm 66, verse 1, it says, Everyone, everywhere, lift up your joyful shout to God. Sing your songs, tune to His glory. Tell the world how wonderful He is. Isn't that what we did this morning? For He's the awe-inspiring God, great and glorious in power. We've never seen anything like Him. Mighty in miracles, you cause your enemies to tremble. No wonder they all surrender and bow down before you. Here's the picture. All the earth will, build, will, will bow down to worship. All the earth will sing your glories forever. Everyone will say, come and see the incredible things God has done. It will take your breath away. He multiplies miracles for his people. So on your card, you have that scripture, and I want to hear, we want to hear, we want to celebrate what God's done in your life. Some of the things that have happened, you heard about healings that have taken place. Uh, there's somebody that's a battling cancer that's part of our community, and we prayed for her the other night, and she said, you wouldn't believe it, my temperature went down just as you prayed, you wouldn't believe it, that uh, chemotherapy that I was going through when you guys were praying, I was going through that, and it was the best one that I've had yet to date, you wouldn't believe how I felt afterwards, I could feel your prayers, she's saying this. Uh, we're seeing families that hadn't been to church for a good 10 years come together and find a church home, an authentic church. We've seen people that have given their lives to Christ. We've seen people that were kind of dull and they would say, you know what, Jeff, I can kind of relate to what you shared about maybe being a little bit dull and feeling like you needed more of a fire. And you can, you've come here and you feel like, man, there's been some, some logs put on your spiritual fire and the Lord has taken you places that you never thought you'd go. And you're, now you're waking up praying, you're, you're coming to men's Bible study or a connect group, and God's doing things in your life. Those are miracles. Those are things we're celebrating. So we're going to have, yeah, I'm going to have the worship team join me uh, up at the front. If the worship team could come on up, Hannah, Kara, Noah. We're going to sing one last song, and, and I love this song. And, and it's really uh, something that we're praying and declaring over you and each other, and the song is called The Blessing, and many of you that are part of this house, you've heard it uh, before, um, and it's right out of Numbers chapter 6, it's the ironic blessing, and, and we're going to sing this today, but if you would say, man, the Lord's done this in my life, being here at Authentic Church, I want you just to write it down. We're going to have a time over here on the sides, on both sides of the platform, um, and you're just going to take that and you're just going to clip it on the side. And this is going to be like a memorial stone for you. In the book of Joshua, chapter 4, Joshua and all the, the Israelite community, they just crossed over the Jordan. And they're feeling pretty good about what's going on. It's an exciting time. It's triumphant. And the Lord stops them. And they get this instruction, hey, pause I want you to go to the middle of the Jordan, and I want each one of your tribes, go grab a stone. And they would go and they'd grab the stone out of the middle of the river, and it said they hoisted it on their shoulders, and they would carry it over, and they would lay it down, and they built an altar. And the Lord told them to do that. He said, 
because I want you to look back and remember. I want you to remember what God has done. Sometimes we can get so focused on the next thing and this thing and what we got to do and, 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 and life's coming at some of us pretty hard and pretty fast at times. But when you can hit the pause button and just take a moment and reflect on all God has done. You could say, man, I'm not where I want to be, Jeff. I'm not where I think I should be. But I would encourage you and say, yeah, but look how far you've come. Look what you've had to overcome to even get into church on a Sunday morning. Look at the hurdles you had to walk through. For me, myself, I was a young man, became a single dad at 20 years old. It was a hard time, raised in a good Irish Catholic family. <laughs> and then here I am, the oldest among all my brothers, all my cousins. I mean, we had big family. And then I get to share with everybody the news that I'm a dad. And it was not immaculate conception like Mother Mary. <laughs> it was embarrassing. It was hard. I was filled with shame. I felt dejected. I felt rejected. I felt like anywhere I went, people kind of gave me the stink eye. I felt kind of had a chip on my shoulder. I'd walk into some churches and they'd see me. And then when they'd see me pulling my daughter as an infant, my little girl, it was kind of like there was a bit of a social stiff arm. And I was just searching. And they didn't know what it took for me to get out of bed that morning and actually put clothes on and walk into a church. They didn't know how I was sweating like crazy with my hands on the steering wheel going, man, I don't feel like I belong here, but I felt drawn. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe you can feel the same way. You just kind of felt drawn here this morning. You can't explain it. I just felt like I, felt like I needed to go, but I didn't want to go, but I know I should go. <laughs> they don't know what it took for me to get there, and I'd come inside and They'd kind of greet me and look at me twice when they'd see kind of some of the baggage that I was carrying. And man, but I kept looking for that church. I kept looking for that family. I'm like, Lord, where are you? And then I remembered this church that was down the way and a buddy of mine had gone there when he was a kid. And I thought, you know, I'm going to go check out this church. This is like a last ditch effort. And I walked into that church, and that pastor treated me like a son. He loved me right where I was at. Didn't have to change. He could see that I had some stuff that I had to work through. He didn't give me a list of all these things that you need to change and da-da-da. No, man, he just loved me right where I was at. My life was forever changed. That was a miracle. That was a memorial stone moment. And I just, in my heart, I thought, you know what, Lord, I've been so blessed here. I'll spend the rest of my life doing for somebody else what Pastor Joe Parker and Pastor Gene Parker did for this young man, Jeff Peterson. I'll spend the rest of my life. It's worth it. If you're here today, maybe you can relate. You're like, man, I barely got here today. Welcome home. Welcome home. We're going to have a moment of prayer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer today. And if you need to give your life to Jesus, now's the time to do it. This is the moment. God, thank you. Thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. 
and all that you're gonna do. Thank you for every heart that's in this room today. Thank you your Holy Spirit is here. Thank you that you have a plan and a purpose and a destiny on every single person in this room, every family represented in this room, every son, every daughter, young, old. You have a plan and a purpose. You're sitting here today and you want to give your life to Jesus. We do something here at Authentic Church. We don't want you to feel alone. We want to come alongside of you right now in this moment, even in your prayer. So I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and we're just going to repeat it together. Just pray this. If you need Jesus today, this is your moment. Say, Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life today. I believe that you are the Son of God, that you lived, died, and rose again, that I might have eternal life. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Come into my heart, Jesus. <laughs> Wash me. Cleanse me. Fill me. Use me. And let me never be the same again. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And from this day forward, come on, from this day forward, I will walk in your ways all the days of my life and dwell in your house forever. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, welcome back to the family of God. If that was your first time, welcome to the family of God. Every person needs a pastor. Every pastor needs a pastor. If you prayed that, I would be honored to be your pastor. If you're looking for a church, we'd be honored to have you be part of this church. But we don't just show up on a Sunday morning. We become like family. We become like community. So next week, don't miss next week, after service, we're going to have a serve team luncheon. We got lunch just for you. We're going to share a little bit more of the DNA, some of the heartbeat of the house, and give some easy areas that you can jump right in, you can start getting involved in, and make community and make connection. Can we just all stand together today? We celebrate what the Lord has done. God, thank you so much. Thank you for your blessings, God, in our lives. Thank you for the miracles that are all around this room. As we sing this last song, I just want to encourage you. You just make your way out of your seat and just go ahead and post it up there on either side of the stage. And uh, we're going to close out with this song, The Blessing. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.